They, these guys spend time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can tell. We don't like it. They, they're just like Jesus. They're responding like Jesus. They're, they're as bold as Jesus is. So when you get conformed to Jesus, and it's working because that's what God is doing in your life. He says that from one degree of glory to another, it's happening. And it's happening to such a degree that it says when we see him, we will be like him, for we will see him face to face. Now we're seeing dimly as in a mirror, and it's still we're being changed. You are being changed because you're you're viewing Jesus. And then it says, first John three three, he who has this hope in him becomes pure even as he is pure. So just for you to have that hope. Just for you to have planted in your heart the hope that you will one day be perfect like Jesus is perfect. That hope brings change. Simply thinking about that. So we don't think about how bad off we are. We don't think how bad we are. We think how we're going to be changed. We think of what God's going to do. Now there are liabilities in this. Pardon? Death. <laughs> to yourself. Death to yourself. That's for sure. You don't count anymore. It's not about self-consciousness. I used to think that the more I concentrate on my sin, the better I get. Mm. <laughs> that didn't work. It's just the opposite. I tell guys that are struggling with pornography, you think that you're buried in your shame and, and you're going to get better by just, no, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. That doesn't work. It does not work. You have to look away from yourself and look to Jesus mm-hmm. and have hope that you can be clean. And the very hope cleanses you. There's another liability. It's called pretending. Mm-hmm. What I discovered just this last couple of weeks as I've been looking at this subject is that the Pharisees are a perfect example of perfection. You look at Matthew 23 and you see that it was all about appearance. It was all about show. It was all about hiding. Jesus called them hypocrites, play actors. You, you make mm-hmm. it look better than it is. Fake it till you make it, kind of thing. And that's what we're given to if we are into perfectionism. We want to look better than what we really are because if we're not going to be good, we at least want to... Yeah. And so, if we're going after the perfect... We do the opposite. We acknowledge, wherever we can, we acknowledge when we're falling short. Why? Because we're going, we're moving toward the light. And if you're in the darkness and there, there's um, a car that's got its bright on you, the closer you get to the light, the more you see the spots that you don't see. Mm-hmm. Namely pointed out a spot on these clothes. I hope you don't <laughs> see it. I don't think you will. But if you got close, you would. As we get closer, we're going we're gonna to realize more and more, God, I really need you. God, my attitudes are wrong. My motives are wrong. And I want you to change me. And so that's encouraging. We can see these things so that we don't dwell on them. We don't dwell on the spot. We see them, and then we turn back to the glorious one and say, you're going to make me like this. So I'm talking about something that I never talked about as a pastor. I never once talked about it. it. It's empowering me. And I'm trusting that it's, it's going to empower you as well. The, the, there's another liability. 
people will react when you start talking about being perfect. So you, you don't want you to be careful when you talk about it. When my friend Gary did a Bible study, it talked about this, the very thing I'm talking about. It was in a women's group, and there were mature women. It was like they were demonized, the reaction that they made. I don't care if it's in the Bible! It's wrong! That's what the lady said. That came out of her mouth, and she was... So, so people... So, you know, you got to be careful where you speak about this. I heard somebody recently say, well, perfect doesn't mean perfect. That's, that's okay. Listen to this. Jesus said, be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect. What did He mean? He meant be like your Father in Heaven. Your Father in Heaven is perfect. Now, there are times <coughs> when the Greek word means complete. There's the word teleos, which means complete, full, lacking in nothing. And so, there are times when the scripture doesn't mean perfect, like without anything, uh, without any stain or spot, but oftentimes the scripture uses the word blameless. And I'm going to put it out, we'll, we'll put it up here on the screen, uh, just some of the scriptures, but I've got a handout that I'll, I'll put on the uh, web so you can pull it off. If, if you want to do what I've done, which is simply to meditate on these scriptures and just mm. spend time letting them sink and be perfect as your Father in Heaven. What does that mean? It means to love people who come against you. Mm -hmm. That's a stretch. It means to bless those who are abusive to you. Mm, that's, that's getting there. That, 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 that's moving along. <coughs> so... I'm uh, believing that the Lord is going to use this. Why would Paul say something like this? That the hearts, that the, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling, and the power, the inestimable greatness of His power in us who believe. It's impossible to overestimate the power of the cross mm -hmm. to change you and make you like Jesus. We can't overestimate it. It is incredible power in us who believe. That's what God is working in you. So God's provided everything to set you on a path toward the perfect. So in a, later on, we'll talk about the, the, the opposite of this. What's the opposite of the perfect? Love. Love. Perfect. Love. Love is perfection. Good. I'm with you. I'm going to use perfectionism as, as the opposite, but I agree with you inside because I think perfect love is what perfection really is. Mm. <clears throat> Just going to give you one other uh, one other thought. When I was in seminary, we had this phrase that that uh, it was popular, and it is very popular in the Lutheran Church. And the effect of it is to level off people so that there's a ceiling on what they can accomplish. It's in, in Latin, it's simul justus et peccator. It means both sinner and saint. And I know, I think, why Martin Luther 
wrote that, and I understand why he would, to keep people from pretending. But, as it's being applied, as I saw it applied by guys at Luther, it was terrible fruit. Terrible. Because they set the bar low, hey, I'm a sinner. You use it to excuse yourself. Unfortunately. So I'm, I'm calling you to a perfect standard today. I'm going to look at some scriptures together. And, uh, and then I'm going to, I got a test that I'm going to give you that you can take if you want to. It's a perfectionism test. It's got 31 questions. And see, you see, see where you're at and see whether that affects you. I discovered, as I started talking about this, that more people are affected with perfectionism than I realized. So, let's just look at some of the scriptures, and I put them up on the screen, and uh, if we can get those. <clears throat> Start with the word blameless, <clears throat> and uh, you read it with me. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. Wouldn't you like God to say that about you? That that John, all the commandments of God, he obeys them blamelessly. I would love that. Here's here's a man who really embarrassed himself. Every Advent we rehearse what he how he messed up. You know he shouldn't have reacted to the angel. But here was a mature man who was obedient and obeyed. Scripture says blamelessly. Go on to the next one. This is powerful. Read it with me. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Would you like to become blameless and pure? You do two things. You give up two things. Give up complaining. What would that mean? What would you quit talking about? What would I quit talking about? Give up arguing. Paul yes. says there are two oh things. Two things. Yes. Quit arguing and quit complaining, and you become blameless and pure. Anybody want to go after that? Mm-hmm. I want to. I, I read that. I meditated on that. I said, God, I'm sorry for all my complaints. What comes out of my mouth? I'm sorry. I complain about people. I complain about situations. I complain about mm-hmm. things that irritate me or that frustrate me mm-hmm. or that take my time. And He says, Stop complaining. Stop arguing. And you'll be pure. Mm. And I'm signing up. Mm. And you can tell me, if you hear me complaining, you say, Paul, you said you weren't going to complain. Mm. You said you weren't going to argue. Children of God without fault <coughs> in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Who was it that said that? I heard somebody talk about that recently. That that uh, no Hollywood isn't the stars. We're the stars. We shine like stars. May the next one. May God Himself read it. The God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's the capture. 
Read the next word. This is impossible. You can't talk about perfection. Here's how I'm doing it. The one who calls you is faithful. That's my answer. If someone has a problem with this, I'm going to say, wait a minute. I'm counting on the Almighty God, the one who breathes stars into space by the multiple trillions, to do in me what He promised to do. He will perfect that which concerns me. I'm counting on it. It'll shut their mouth. Okay, next one. This is a great one. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, Make every effort. That's a great phrase. Make every effort. There's some, again, in the, in the Lutheran Church and mainline churches, who move away from effort because effort shows works righteousness. No, it doesn't. Dallas Willard said, God is not opposed to effort. He's opposed to earning. See, we're under a mercy system, not a merit system. So, we're not earning anything. We don't have to earn anything because we already got a perfect score. I had a perfect score with my parents. I didn't have to earn anything. So what did I do? I worked like crazy. I won the honor. So we'd go down and I'd, I'd, we'd, I'd, I'd do whatever they needed. Why? Because I, I knew. I knew I already had a good score. score. So if you know you've got a perfect score, it just it flows out of you. Not in order to, but because of. <laughs> Make every effort to be found spotless, keep going, blameless, and at peace. Make every effort. That's for me. That's for you. Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace. Wow. Okay, next one. He will keep you strong to the end. So that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here it again. God who has called you into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ our Lord is faithful. When it talks about perfection in the in or blamelessness, four times in these verses it talks about the second coming of Christ. So that's saying something about how we live. We live with a view to the world to come. With a view to the eternal, not toward this life. And if you have, if you grab on to the future, that I will be blameless, and you become blameless. You move toward that. <clears throat> okay, just a few that uh, look at perfection here. Moving, moving down. Here it is, from Jesus. Be perfect, therefore. Read it with me. As your heavenly Father is perfect. Think about it. What do you mean? Was it that that uh, German lady that uh, she and her sister Corey Tendle, you know, when they they came to them and said, "Will you please forgive us?" That was a stretch to see what they had done and how they had tormented a world, a nation, put six million to death, 
Will you forgive us? That was a stretch. And her greatness came to her willingness to forgive. Well, she's not forgiving what they did, but the Holy Spirit allowed her to say that. I mean, well, she didn't. Things. She didn't tolerate what she did. They did, but no. she did forgive. Yeah, I'm just saying, especially yeah. for uh, children and other people like me who <laughs> who would think, "Oh Lord, how did she do it?" Well, thank you, mm. Lord, that. Uh, you gave her that strength, That's right. and I think we, we don't think enough about that, how strong and how wonderful the Holy Spirit works within us to do something like that. We don't have it within us, yeah. in our own power, but our, um, this new person in Christ wants to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, next one. Finally, brothers, goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Aim for perfection. Isn't that a great phrase? <clears throat> Make that your aim. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind and live in peace. And the God of love and peace. If you aim for perfection, you'll sense God's love and his peace in your heart. What's the goal of ministry? So that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. I want you guys to be perfect. So, Paul, question. It's impossible to be blameless without sin on the side of heaven. As we meditate on it, as we ask the Lord to do it, you know, then we'll be less apt to sin. It will be more willing to open operations. Is that kind of. A little girl asked her dad, Dad, is it possible? not to sin for a month? And he said, of course not. She said, well, is it possible not to sin for a week? She said, he said, no. <clears throat> is it possible not to sin for a day? Mm. I don't think so. How about an hour, maybe? How about for a moment? Definitely. And she said, well, I'm going to live moment by mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. What we have focused on is the inevitability of sin. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and when when these People at Trinity, when I when I shared this word about overcoming sin, they said, you're not talking about sinless perfection. What I felt like saying is, I'm more concerned about sinful imperfection than sinless perfection. So that, it doesn't <laughs> concern me that some may take this to an extreme because we've taken the other to such an extreme that sin is inevitable. Like this father said, no, you can't sin. You're going you're, you're gonna to just do it. Once you set that bar, once you lower the bar and say sin is inevitable, then it, be, then it becomes a part of your life. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is that you set the bar where Jesus set the bar. That that's what our, that's what our goal is. That's what we're aiming toward. And we're saying, I'm moving there. And as I think about it, I'm becoming more like that. Will I, will I get there this side of heaven? It appears to me 
that when it says we shall be changed because we shall see him as we as he is suggests that we will not get there to that spotless not, not one attitude not one but what scripture invites us to do is not to think about the inevitability of sin but think about the power of the cross to transform me and make me like Jesus so that's where we want to we want to focus our attention. When we need that is when someone is pretending that I'm there. And and it's obvious that there are. One, yeah. one could... Oh, go ahead. Somebody wants to say, say something. I think Paul, I mean, doesn't Paul in 2 Corinthians 3.18 kind of mention the, the groundwork for the perfection process of... And we all with unfailed faith, beholding the glory of the Lord, mm -hmm. are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incremental. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it doesn't have all. Yeah. This this might be helpful for some people too, because I, I just kind of feel in the spirit like this is hanging in the room. Being blameless does not mean that you never sin. Being blameless means you never intentionally sin. That's if, if you look at the original. Um, you probably know the original word. I don't. I, I may have written it down. I should have. I've known you were doing this. I can't remember. Um, but the, the original Greek word there means never to intentionally sin. In other words, never to consciously, knowingly do it. Everybody fails in one respect or another without realizing that they do. And actually, from Old to New Testament, that type of sin, uh, unconsciously or just uh, just thoughtlessly, not realizing that you're sinning, that that, that uh, the pressure for what to do with that sin is always, it's never placed on the worshiper. It's pl its placed on the high priest. Mm -hmm. The high priest went into the holy place on the day of atonement, made atonement, and then took away all that, that unignorant sin that, that people committed. And Jesus has done that for us. Mm -hmm. But where we know this is the right thing to do, and this is the wrong thing, if, we, if we're deliberately choosing the wrong all the time, that's not blameless. If we want to always choose the right. And that's what I believe this is calling us to. Because we're not God. Yeah, we're nobody's not God. Present. We're not omnipresent. We don't know. Like yeah. We could be um, forget or not aware of somebody else's need and not meet their need. We don't have that insight like God does no. into people. But as you, I think it's more referring to as you. It's more your relationship and your attitude towards God that He wants to The more perfectness is regarding that, and I think what Paul is talking about too, and you just said that verse, is, and what Nancy said in, in his book, that as he got closer to the Lord in his prayer time, and he couldn't pray unless he was in tune with God, that there was a disconnect. And, um, you know, the more that people, when you all get closer to the Lord, you see your sin. Like you said, it's a light. The more you see the spot. And the closer we are in our relationship with God and more sensitive to Him, then we see that we defend. Is it good, Paul, to, um, I've been thinking of this visual and the natural from the beginning as you were talking about the father and a child. You know, uh, a child that really loves his earthly father, or let's say even a grandson. I, I think so much of a, a Judah wanting to be like his dad, let's say. 
and uh, you know, trying to do the things he does or say the things he says, and uh, you know, Drew would say, ah, ah, you know, but he lovingly brings him along, and uh, it's just a wonderful picture that, that God has given us in the natural families and how uh, you know we strive, but in love, the Lord brings us back when, when as sheep we fail. So that's a great picture. That's mm -hmm. a great picture because it's fun to see how kids are like their parents mm -hmm. and how they want to be like their parents. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a picture when Israel was two years old and I was coaching uh, basketball. And uh, I, I, we were in a huddle and I was sitting like this. And uh, I didn't, I, I only saw the picture. I didn't see it actually happen. But Israel got out of the stands to age two, came down and stood next to me like and did the same thing <laughs> assume the exact same posture because here's his dad and what we tend to do in our lives is the opposite is we develop a sin consciousness and so we tend to think of how bad we are and how far we are which is not holy it's not holy to do that mm -hmm. it says if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves but if we walk in the light, and she's in the light, we have fellowship, and the blood cleanses us from sin. So we're being cleansed rather than getting introspective, pummeling ourselves as if we can add to the cross's victory by our own self-flagellation. That is not good. And so I hope that whatever this does for you, it will take you away from the kind of self-consciousness that I was involved in as a young adult that was totally And now, as I, as I look toward the Holy One, I know I'm becoming like mm -hmm. the Holy One. Mm -hmm. uh, Let's let's look at that one, and then we'll uh, then we'll move on. That's that. Yeah, let's look at that. Uh, because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. <coughs> and theologians who who uh, take a phrase like that, what they do, and I I'm with them. This is my legal standing. This is my objective standing before God. I am perfect. I got I got Christ's perfect score. Bang on. I am perfect. In Christ. Hid with Christ in God. That's where I am. Am I walking that out? Incrementally I am. Not all at once. I'm not perfect. But here's when I get a hold of this, that I already have a perfect score, that helps me to walk in a way that begins to match what God has given me in heaven. So my subjective reality closes in with the objective truth. So that's a that's a powerful scripture that helps us to see what Christ has done so that we can walk into it. So be, we become who we are. Is that what it means by walking in the light? I think walking in the light, if you just take it literally, to walk in the light is not to walk in pretense. To walk in the light of Christ means I'm open to people 
I'm open to God's word. I'm not defensive and saying, no, it's not true. I'm more transparent. I'm vulnerable. One of my children just a few weeks ago wrote a really vulnerable email to a sibling. And I was so proud of him. So you got three choices rather than six. I was really proud of him. You know what it did? It brought more vulnerability. Because then another one shared vulnerability. They're walking in the light. To get a perfect oh, They're walking toward perfection. And I I got choked up sort of <coughs> when I saw this email because it was such vulnerability. So that's how I understand it. So you think <coughs> talking about perfection will make you more uh, a pretender. No. Perfectionism will do that. Let me just read with you. We'll put that up on the screen, and we'll read this, and then we'll uh, uh, take the test and get in small groups. <coughs> God's highest goal for us is to be conformed to the image of His Son. Not to have any lower standard for us than the mockery of the cross. You understand that, don't you? Like a coach that would say, and I'm really looking forward to this season. I think we'll go, we'll probably win four out of ten games. Do you want to play for a coach like that? I don't want to play. I played for coaches that didn't expect the full, didn't, didn't, didn't drive us, didn't get, the, didn't get everything out of us. You know, I don't want to play. play. It's always play for a coach like that. Second one, perfectionism is a false picture of perfection is our attempt in the flesh to look good. We are self-critical, judgmental of others to look better. Perfection is a road laced with grace. God is within both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So I've uh, outlined here, I'll, I'll put this up so you can read it yourself if this is a particular problem for you. And I'd encourage you to read Let's pass these out. <clears throat> I encourage you to read Matthew 23. If, if this is an area <clears throat> where you find yourself particularly struggling, if you've grown up in an atmosphere of performance-based Christianity, how many of you feel like you, you really had some performance-based Christianity and it was all about performance? Okay, the majority, the majority of it. I got it. Not, not realizing, uh, you don't realize it when you're doing it, but I was a Pharisee. I identify with those guys because I know I was living that kind of life and appearance was important. If appearance is important to you, take note. So just take a moment. If you want to if you want to mark them, I've got pens here. I just want you to take a few moments to look through this and... I, as, I, as I studied this, as I thought it through, I wrote things that I think are true for some perfectionists. So if you want to take it, and then if you find that, my, I've got at least half of these are true. Is, is every firstborn a perfectionist? No. Are the majority of them? I think yes. I've got a book, if, if you are a firstborn, you're a perfectionist, I've got a book that will, could really help you. We read it to our kids 
uh, <coughs> it would be, a, I think, a real help to you. So just we'll take some moments to look at this and then see how you do. Does anybody not have one or are there extras? There are extras. Flying around. Okay, we'll throw it. Anybody else need a pen? Come on over. Hey, by the way, <coughs> I want to be behind you in heaven when we dance. Because <laughs> I, I can't do what you do, but I sure like to identify with you. <laughs> Maybe in heaven I will. Yeah, heaven in heaven I probably will. Anybody else need a pen? Coming over. Anybody else? Okay. You kids take this and just, just uh, see if... Oh yeah, we got more. We got we got Okay. Did you want a pen too? No laughing aloud. Yeah, you, you, somebody's going to hit you. You know, you, you, you can't avoid it. Number 14. Remember, true-false tests, you don't take them slowly. You just, you just whip through them. One more minute, and uh, we're going to apply them. Thirty more seconds. If you don't get it done right here, you it's legal to take it home and uh, <clears throat> Okay, moment of truth. How many of us would say that the majority of these we, we we would easily slip into 
We're saying true on the majority. Let's face it. That's where many of us have lived. That's where many of us have grown up. I'm not going to blame anybody. But that's, I know I learned it early on. And uh, I, I knew something was happening when my sister, two years younger, who was not a Pharisee, she, uh, she said, I feel like you're rejoining the human race. That was a, that was encouragement to me. So she she wanted me to go out on the tennis court and swear. She, she wanted just to see me say something really bad because I was always real guarded. And uh, was I less centered than she was? Okay. So well, Paul, was that that wasn't necessarily that you did go out and do what you wanted to do, but that, that you expressed your anger or that you were real. Yeah, I wasn't as real. I was and I I uh, was living by pretense. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna pray for you and then I want us to to pray for one another. I want us to get into little groups and uh, you can take two minutes or you can take five minutes or you can take twenty minutes, whatever you want to do, but in groups of say three and uh, pray for one another. Because and then I've given some things on the back about Pharisees and how, how some steps you can take if you want to go after this. <clears throat> okay, look away from this for a moment. Father, we really need your help. And we're so thankful that you're the faithful one. We want to rid ourselves of our own standards, of our own pretending. We're sorry that often, too often, we are pretending, and we don't want to expose ourselves. We don't want to be vulnerable when it's entirely appropriate to be vulnerable. We're sorry when we feel okay when someone else fails as long as it's not. We pray that you would help us then to be a professional outlook that uh, sometimes captures us. So that we would have a real thing, not only individually, but that this community would be a community of people who are on the way, on the, on the journey, and able to bring in people, bring in sinners, because we're like Jesus, we're full of grace and truth. And so would you uh, bring truth to and grace into our lives, and bring healing, healing where, where this just, uh, it happened to us, we were, we were victims of those who taught it to us and we learned it well. I pray for deliverance in this Bring the 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 Bring the
But love's pretty big. Okay. Now, this group of three, two, three, and and pray for one another. Maybe you want to share one area that really hit you here, and you say, "I that really shows me for where I am and what I need. 